I don't know that I have that lengthy a message, but I do have a message. And I believe the Lord has sent me tonight with a divine appointment to deliver that. And I pray that you would be receptive and you would hear the word of the Lord and receive it. It is a familiar story. And before I even begin to read or even begin preaching, some of you are already going to come to a conclusion. But would you please hold on a little bit? Because the Lord has something He wants to say to us all. Verse 35 said, In the same day when the even was come, He saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the side so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want you to put your Bibles down and I want you to ask the, the Lord to take this word and drive it down deep in your soul tonight. Would you do that with me right now? Lord, this is your word. We don't take credit for it. We are not here to embellish it but present it simply as it is. Somehow, Lord, in the presentation of this word tonight, let the hearts and minds of people be captured. Let their spirit, Lord, be touched by that word. Let there be an anointing upon this place, O oh God, an anointing that breaks every yoke, that frees people, Lord, that brings relief from the stress and the troubles that life might bring. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. High five somebody and you can be seated. Amen. Have you ever noticed how stressful life is? How stressful life can be? Am I the only one that's noticed that lately? I thought... At one time, it was just my age showing. You know, the older you get, the more you feel the pressures of life. But I think if I was 35 tonight, oh my, what it would be like to be 35 again. Some of you shaking your head. You don't want to go back and try that again. But I have figured out that it doesn't matter if you're 35 or 75. Life sometimes can just be stressful and overwhelming. I think 
The troubling part of life is the uncertainty of it all. Certainly, not knowing what comes next is a troubling thing for a lot of folks. One minute it's calm, the next minute there's trouble. One minute everything's going fine, the next minute everything's coming loose at the hinges. Life can become extremely troublesome. Sometimes the outcome can be in doubt. There are times in my own life that I have wondered if I was going to be able to weather the stress of the moment. These were men who had been through what you are going through. These were his chosen who are written of here. And I would like to take a look for a few moments at what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart to give you. It is to me, or, or it seems to me, that sometimes even the circumstances of life seem to conspire against us, to make us question, to make us wonder, to make us doubt. It's amazing how it can make you question the things that just previous to this time you were so certain of, and now today you just don't know. How many people have asked the question, am I really in the will of God? Am I really where God wants me to be? It seems like life is so troubled where I am. It seems that life is so topsy-turvy. Maybe if I relocated or maybe if I was in another place, life would be different. You could be here or in the farthest reaches of the world. And what I'm preaching about knows no geographical boundaries. Life is just full of trouble. Sometimes we wonder, did we really understand God? Or is it just us? Have you ever asked yourself that question? You know, when you get in a good service and God's Spirit begins to move and you feel those impressions of God and you feel the hand of God and you feel like God speaks to you and lays something in your heart and then you walk out and you walk into a gale storm or a hurricane and in the middle of all the wind and all of the disturbances of life, you begin to wonder, did, did I really understand God? Did, did I misinterpret what he, he said? Was it just me? How, you know, an anxious moment of time, you know, I wanted to believe it and Maybe God just letting me believe what I want to believe. And the truth is, there's going to be a different outcome. There are times even in life that we are wondering if God really meant what He said. There's no doubt that we feel God has spoken to us, but did He really mean this when He gave us that promise? Because since that promise has been given, not one thing has happened to confirm that that promise was going to come to pass. As a matter of fact, the exact opposite has taken place. Since God gave me that word, or since God gave me that message, everything in life that could go wrong has gone wrong. The dog got sick, the cat died, the bill collector came knocking, the IRS sent me a notice. Yeah, 
Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Some of you are afraid to say anything right now. The IRS after anybody here? Amen. Doesn't seem like at the moment that anything God has said has any remote possibility of coming to pass. The winds are howling. Circumstances have changed. Everything that was so certain at one moment is now up for grabs. We don't know whether we believe it or not. Life is that way. And I want to tell you tonight that before this journey of life is over, your faith is going to be tested over and over and over again. What you believe is going to be called out Flagrantly, it is going to be challenged. There is an enemy of your soul that would love nothing better than to derail you tonight and to get you to make some unwise decisions or turn you in a wrong direction, making you think that if you do this, you will escape the problem that you're facing right now. But I've come to declare to you tonight that your problems in your life are not an evidence of the absence of God, but they could very well be the evidence that God is there and something else is working to try to get your mind off of the fact of what God has already promised you He was going to do. Amen. I want to understand with you tonight that good people, everybody say good people, good people, that means you. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's talking to you right now. Good people, not bad people, not evil people, not unfaithful people, but good people, people that come to church every week, people that pay their tithes and support their church, people that are honest in their work ethic, and people that try to live by the golden rule. Good people sometimes get frightened and afraid in life. Just because you are afraid at this moment or fearful does not mean that you are weak and that you are powerless. The best of us can become disturbed as life goes on. And especially when things go wrong and when storms break in our life, we are made to wonder. These were God's chosen that were in the midst of a storm. And we are not exempt ourselves from trouble just because we walk with Him. Somebody said, well, I thought if I walked with Him, my troubles would be over. Far be that the truth tonight. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of troubles that will come your way because you walk with Him. But don't let your troubles keep you from walking with Him. Because He's still the best companion to have with you. I'd rather be in a storm with him than in the best ship in the whole world with you. (laughs) Amen. I would rather be out in a dingy boat, out in the middle of the sea with just him and me. I have more chance of survival than being on the Queen Mary and having the best captain and not having him. Amen. Good people. Everybody say good people. Good people go through troubling times. Good people fear. Good people doubt. Good people have questions. 
Good people wonder. Good people question. Good people think, did I really understand him? Was that God or was that just me hoping for something? We are not exempt from trouble just because we follow him. But Jesus said something to his disciples in this passage that I want to pass along to you tonight. Because I'm afraid that far too often we overlook it in the face of all that transpired. But when Jesus turned to his disciples, verse 35 said, In the same day, when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. When Jesus made that statement, there were some things that were settled right then and there. Everybody say it was settled. It was settled. There's no question, there's no place to wonder when he said, let us, me and you, let us go to the other side. He meant exactly what he said. Now, whatever happened between the time he said that and they got to the other side might be up for discussion. But what he said has settled the issue. And we must never lose sight of that simple truth that no matter what may happen in life and no matter what may come against you in this journey of life, what he said in the beginning still holds true. The word is, let us go over to the other side. You understand with me tonight that when he said that, the outcome of the story has been settled. It's been settled. I don't care what happens. I don't care if hell breaks loose. I don't care if 10 hurricanes break. I don't care if the wind gets to 250 miles an hour. I don't care how high the waves are. I don't care how strong the wind blows. I don't care how many people around you are afraid they're going to die. The fact that he said we're going to the other side has settled the question. It has settled the issues that matter. What you encounter on the way to the other side cannot take away from what he has already settled. When you came to the altar and you gave your heart and life to God, He made claim on you. He said, you're mine. Now, I know there's some people that preach in eternal security, which means once you're saved, you're always saved. You can never do anything to be unsaved. Well, I have, I have to argue with that because there is plenty in the Scripture that clarifies the fact that I still have a choice it is not God's will that any men perish. But that doesn't mean that men are not going to perish. The choice is mine. The fact that he made that statement, you are mine and I, you, you're in my possession now, does not take away from me the free will to turn around and do something opposite of what he has said about me. But when he said, you are mine, God said, come on, son, let's go to the other side. Now, he didn't tell me what was going to happen between now and the other side. He just said, come on, let's go to the other side. And in the process of living, 
I have encountered a number of storms and a number of things that have tried to dissuade me of what God has said about me, that I am His child, that I am redeemed, that I am blood-bought, that I have been purchased with a price. But there have been a lot of things along life's journey that has tried to make me question whether or not He really meant that or whether or not He really said that. But when He said, let us pass over to the other side, He established His divine will for my life and my future. Amen. He spoke His divine will and purpose to their lives, a journey to the other side. But what happens in between that and the end is what gets us so often in life. But just because He spoke His will does not mean that you and I are not going to encounter trouble on our way. And everything that can get you to doubt His will is going to happen in your life. Now, I, I want to be very careful in what I say because I am, I am not a person that preaches a lot and blames it on the devil. I, don't, I think if you've heard me preach very much, you haven't heard me use that reference, that it's always the devil did this and the devil did that, and we give him credit for a lot of stuff he's not even smart enough to think up. But I've learned this much about the devil. He's, he is smart enough to take credit for anything you'll give him credit for. So I'm not a person that goes around thinking that there's, there, there's something spooky and spiritual and evil behind everything. And that's the devil did that and the devil did that. Some things are just life, folks. You just have to grow up and quit sucking your thumb and get out of your diaper and realize that this is just part of life. Growing up. Life's tough. Amen. Everybody say life's tough. You get rough sometimes. The devil didn't have anything to do with that. That's just life. But I, I want to be careful tonight that I don't give him undue credit. But I do believe that this was a devil storm. I do believe that. And I believe it because of the way that Jesus dealt with it. Evidently, from the time that Jesus said, let's get up and go to the other side, the devil said, hey, come on, boys. We're going to stop this journey. And he set in motion a plan to try to catch them when they were vulnerable. That's one thing when you're on land and talk about storms and we can talk about when all we want to. How bad it is. It's, it's easy to talk about it when you're sitting in a storm shelter. I mean, it's easy to talk about bombs falling when you're in a bomb shelter. But when you're out there in the middle of it, and your vessel that you're in is like a little cork on the water, and, and it's at the whim of nature, and it's being tossed and turned, that's a whole nother story. And so... Evidently, the devil got the bright idea that this was an opportunity to catch them when they were vulnerable. Because when Jesus stood up, the Bible said he rebuked the wind. He rebuked the wind. 
the prince of the power of the air had stirred something up. And the Lord stood up and he rebuked it. The only time in my Bible that I know of that he rebuked anything, he rebuked demonic spirits and he he rebuked fakes, Pharisees, which were kind of demonic. The only thing I know of that's worse than a devil is a Pharisee. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. But he rebuked the wind. Now, the reason that I think it was a devil storm is because he is a champion at causing conflict to make you question what God has told you about you your life, your future, your family, your children, your health, everything about life. He is a master at producing confusion. And he relishes the idea that you could be in a place and you could be so vulnerable at that moment to his temptation. And so he manufactures conflict and he manufactures doubt And he creates fear by the circumstances that you find yourself in in life. And if you're not careful, you can let the circumstances of your moment drown you to the promise that God has already given you. Let's go over to the other side. The only way, listen to me, the only way the devil knows he can stop you is if he can get you to not believe what God has already said about you. The only way he can get you is if he can get you to question what God has said to you. How did he get Eve in the beginning? Now, it wasn't the apple, if it was an apple. I don't know. There's a lot of debate about that and whether they had belly buttons or not. I don't know. But let's just say whatever fruit it was, how many times in her walking through that garden had Eve passed that tree and had never looked at it other than just to gaze upon it, had never desired it? And the only way the devil could ever convince her to ever take a bite was to get her to doubt what God had said about that tree. It wasn't the beauty of the fruit. It wasn't how shiny it was. It isn't the beauty of a temptation. It is the fact that if he can get you to doubt what God has said about you or what God has said about your future or what God has said he's going to do in your life or he's going to do for your family, if he can get you to question what God has already said, he's got his foot in the door. And that's all that he needs is just a foot in the door. And it is the devil's business to make you doubt. To make you question, are we going to make it? I don't think we can make it here. I don't think we can make it here. I, we, we just can't do it here. We, we're going to have to. 
And so we go through life running from life's circumstances. We go through life trying to get away from situations that come up and we wonder, well, it, it must not be God's will or I wouldn't be having to go through this. Do you understand this simple preacher tonight when I tell you that you could be right in the perfect will of God and still have the strongest winds blowing in your life? That doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. It simply means that there's something working to try to separate you from the promise that God has given to you. And if you let go of anything, don't ever let go of that. Because that's the only thing that's going to get you to the other side. What God said about me. Amen. That's the only thing that will help you sleep through a troubling night. God's Word tucked away in your heart. How could Simon Peter sleep between two prisoners, two prison guards? How could he sleep knowing that when the sun comes up, he's going to be executed. They've already taken James's head. Now they're just waiting till the Passover's over and all the religious activities have ceased, and they're going to take Peter and do the same thing to him. But how could, he, how could he lay his head down and go to sleep? You say, well, Brother Hughes, he must have had some no-dos. Well, that's what we reach for when we can't sleep. He didn't have no-dos. All he had was a promise that God had made to him back after he had come out of the grave about something about when you are old and you're being led around. And he said, you know what? I'm not an old man yet. I might as well lay down and go to sleep. All that he had was a promise. All that he had was a word, just one word. You're not going to die until I say you're going to die. And that one word was enough to let him lay down. Let me tell you something tonight. What God said about you still counts. And what God said about you still matters. Don't you ever let go of that. Don't you ever let go of what God has promised about your life and your future. Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. I'm almost through. In times like these, we have to be careful of the mindset that we adopt. When life begins to fall apart, things begin to go crazy. We don't adopt the mindset of these men who became fearful and even became foolish in what they said. They panicked and they began to speak words of fear and confess failure. Carest thou not that we perish? They were already done. They had already cashed in their chips. The mindset that can be adopted when storms break in a person's life. I just want to remind you that God said something about you that still stands. And that statement was, we're going to the other side. I don't care what happens between here and there. I don't care what you encounter. I don't care if you encounter a health problem. I don't care what kind of family problems. I don't care what kind of financial problems. I made a promise to you. I'm going to keep you all the way to the other side. Come on, clap your hands. And give Him praise. You and I need to understand tonight that the life of obedience does not exempt you from trial. And it does not exempt you from storms. These men were explicitly obedient, but they still encountered the storm. 
Storms do not mean that I am not in the will of God. They sometimes mean that something is trying to keep me from the will of God. I just need to remember what he said. Let's go to the other side. You see, it is the devil's business to try and mess with God's business in your life. (laughs) Can I say that again? It is the devil's business to try to mess with God's business in your life. And if he can make you doubt it, that's exactly what he will do. We must be careful that we do not allow the influences of the things around us or our surroundings or our circumstance or what is happening to us cause us to forget what we have already heard. Let's go to the other side. Got news this afternoon of something that stirred me and troubled me. And I thought, you know, that's that's life, how uncertain it is. I got to the hospital this morning to see Rosemond Friday night, sometime in the middle of the night. Oliver got up and went to the restroom and came back. And on the way back, he became disoriented. Said there'd been no problems, there'd been no n- nothing up to that moment to even uh, be evidence or indicators that there was a problem. But he became disoriented. She had to help him get back to the bed. When he lay down, he said, "My head." By the time she got him to the hospital, he had already had a brain aneurysm, a rupture. And the doctors told her this morning when I walked in that there is not very much hope for your husband. Everything is shut down in his body. I looked at her and I said, Sister Rosemont, I don't understand this, but I still know that God has His hand on your life and don't allow the circumstances of the moment to make you doubt what God has given to you. Hang on to every promise God has ever made to you and don't give up until God says it's over because it ain't over until God says it's over. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I don't want you to forget what you've already been told. That's what you have to hang on to, what you already know. The present influence of danger may cause many to doubt the very care of their master. But I come to tell you tonight that the storm doesn't matter. The wind doesn't matter. The waves don't matter. You say, Brother Hughes, they don't to you, but they do to me because I'm in it. Well, so am I. You understand this? There's never been a message that I've ever preached to you that I haven't already had to live through myself. So I'm not up here trying to tell you what to do and not have to live it myself. But there are times in life when you just have to keep going with all that you know is what God gave you to start with. And that's enough. If that's all that I've got, I'm going to stay with it until God comes and gives me a different word. Amen. I must not let what I encounter on the way through life make me doubt what God has already told me. You know, when you have kids, you think that's the best thing in all the world. Amen. That's right. Especially when you look at beautiful little kids like Remington. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, you, buddy. It's amazing, though, 
He preaches with me even when y'all don't preach with me. It's amazing what can happen on the road of life, though. Kids grow up. We break our parents' heart. We do things, crazy things, bad things, stupid things, ignorant things, unwise things. I'll get the right word here in a minute. I know I'm not supposed to use that one word, but I did anyway. Y'all forgive me. We encounter trouble. We, we encounter health issues. I don't know how many people have been derailed by health issues over the years. You know, I, fa- I, I figured this much out about life. I may have cancer, but I don't want cancer to ever have me. You understand what I'm saying? I may have diabetes, but I don't want diabetes to ever get me. And I've seen a lot of people when they go, you know, God gives them a promise. God said, come on, son, let's go to the other side. And in the process of making that move, we encounter all kind of stuff. We encounter problems we could never imagine. We encounter issues in life, health issues, financial problems. And we wonder, what, what, what am I going to do? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to buckle the belt up a little tighter and learn how to live on less. Eat beans instead of steak. You can figure out a way to survive. They did through the Depression. I'm too dignified for that. You know what? Life knows how to undignify every one of us. Life can make us whimpering puppies sometimes. Just wagging our tails, hoping somebody will come by and pat us on the head and smile at us instead of kick us. We run into things. Kids get, we, we, we get messed up as, as kids. And then we grow up and, and then our kids get messed up or whatever. You know, life goes crazy sometimes. And then sometimes you can be perfect and things still go bad. You can dot all your I's and cross all your T's and things still happen. You pray every day. You can fast once or twice a week. You can walk as close to Him as you can walk to Him. That doesn't mean you're not going to go through a storm. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is the storm doesn't matter. The storm is just an issue. It's not an issue that's going to save you or lose you. It's what He has to say about your issues that's going to save you or call you to be lost. And what He has to say about it is, it's already been settled. Come on. We're going to the other side. So it doesn't matter if I run into a health issue, I'm still going to make it. You know what I've learned? I learned you can be crippled and go through life and still have a good attitude and the right spirit. There are people in our church that have proven that. There are people that have gone through life financially broke but could still come to church and lift their hands and worship God just like the person that has enough money to buy all of us a steak tonight. There's some folks that can't pray or sing or do anything unless everything's going right in their life and they got everything in order and everybody's smiling at them. You know what I've had to learn to do? I've had to learn how to come and pray when everybody was against me. I've had to learn how to come and worship when nobody else around me wanted to worship. I've had to come and go only on what I knew God had said. And that was enough. Amen.
Let's go to the other side. Don't let what you encounter on the way through life make you doubt or make you bitter or make you angry. I didn't figure on this. How many things have I not figured on in life? I hadn't figured on half the heartaches. I hadn't figured on half the tears that life has extracted from us. But you know what? That doesn't mean I'm going to crawl over in a corner and quit. I still remember what he said. Anybody remember what he said? Does it matter to you what he said? It better matter. Because there's going to come a time in your life that the only thing that's going to save you is what he said about you. Let's go to the other side. Amen. In the progress of life, sometimes it may seem like he's even asleep. But I'd rather have a sleep in Christ than no Christ. Amen. Amen. Because he's really not asleep. He neither sleeps nor slumbers. He knows exactly what's going on. What he's upset about is that I've let the circumstances of life get me so flustered and frustrated that I'm fearful and afraid. I wonder how many of you are fearful and afraid tonight because you've let the circumstances of life so overwhelm you that you've forgotten what he said to you. Let's go to the other side. How many of you sitting here tonight, your life is full of anxiety right now because you've let life and what you've encountered in life I didn't think life was going to be this hard. I don't know what life, I didn't know what, I don't know that I knew what life was going to be, but I didn't know it was going to be this hard. Anybody else? I mean, come on, give me a break. Make something easy. Don't make me have to climb up. You know, but life is hard. It's rough. And I'm not one of those kind of people that likes to sit around and, and mully grub and b- sing the blues and talk about how bad it is. Life is bad. But life is also about how you take it. And I'm not taking it lying down. Amen. And I'm not going to let what I run into on the journey get me so crossed up with God that I want to jump overboard and abandon ship. I would rather stay in a troubled boat with Jesus than try to tread water and be the Charles Atlas of the world. You're safer with Him. Life is filled with conflict. And what you encounter on this journey from what He said in the beginning until it comes to fruition, only God knows. But whatever it is, don't let it stop you. Don't let it deter you from living for Him from serving Him, worshiping Him, loving Him, being faithful to Him. You can serve God with a limp. Jacob proved that to us. You can serve God with things being imperfect. You can live for God and not have the best job on the market. You can live for God and not be in the best house in the neighborhood. You can live for God and not drive the best car on the parking lot. Amen. Say, well, if I had their brakes, well, if you had their brakes, you probably wouldn't have had that wreck. But anyway, y'all didn't get that one. 
I've been around Lloyd Squires too much today. (laughs) What I'm trying to get to is a simple fact that what he said before they ever made one step toward that side had already settled it. But there was a whole lot that happened between there and the culmination that tried to convince them he didn't mean what he said. And I'm just wondering in this congregation tonight what's going on in your head. What kind of mind game has the devil been playing with you, trying to make you doubt, make you wonder, worry? Some of you are stressed out right now about stuff that's just stuff. It's going to pass away. It's going to melt with a fervent heat. It's not going to matter whether you had a Ford or a Cadillac or a BMW or a Volkswagen. It's not going to matter whether you drove a mule team to church. One of these days, it's all going to be over. And we fight and strain over stuff that's going to pass away. And the things that really matter, we're so casual and nonchalant about them that it frightens me at times. You know what? I need to get back to the reality of what really matters around here. And what matters is we're on a journey tonight, church. And hell and all of its forces is trying to do everything it can to get me to doubt what God has said about my life. But I've come to tell you He's come too late to tell me that it's not going to happen. If God said it, it's settled. How much of life has already been decided because the deal has already been struck? I wonder what all was settled that day when Jesus said, It is finished. I wonder what all was settled. I think I know a lot of things, but there's a lot of stuff I don't even know about that was settled that day. But you know what? The war has still been going on in a lot of people's minds over whether that's true or not. I choose to believe tonight that it is true. It is finished. It's not over yet, but it's finished. So what are you going to do? I'm going to keep hanging on to it is finished until he says it's over. Until he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Let's stand together.